Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. LSU at number six in the Associated Press poll. The entire top ten in that AP poll, the exact same as it was in the coaches' poll. Very unsurprising, very uneventful. Not a lot of fodder there to talk about, to be honest with you. And remember, last decade, the national champion has come from a team inside that AP top seven in the preseason poll every single time. So we'll see if that precedent holds this year. Maybe that's good news for LSU as they're inside that top uh, seven at number six. James Moran joins us now, editor and columnist at TigerRag.com, covering LSU football. He's on Twitter at SmartestMoran. Uh, James, what's going on? Doing well, Seth. How about yourself? I'm good. Uh, um, first, let's get your reaction to the poll that was out today. I don't know how much reaction there is, I guess. Like I said, it's it's the same as the coaches' poll, so very uh, uneventful. Yeah, not not a ton of surprise there. I thought LSU could end up anywhere between five and eight, and it wouldn't really be too surprising. I think the top two are pretty locked. Uh, Georgia's probably done enough with it. They deserve to be that third team, and then you can rank the Oklahoma, Michigan's, LSU, Texas, all those kind of teams in whatever order you want, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. Saturday, LSU had their second scrimmage of, of camp season. I saw Coach O after uh, practice saying, very I don't know, impressive maybe is the wrong word, very pleased with how the offense played, at least compared to that first scrimmage. What did you see out there, James? Yeah, I mean, well, we don't get to see anything on the scrimmage. We just got to go off of what Ed said, what the players said. But, it, look, having Joe Burrow in there versus not having Joe Burrow in there makes a world of difference. I mean, I think Miles Brennan's come a long way in terms of and he's a really good thrower of the football, but you know the offense just isn't the same without Joe Burrow. So I think even though they're still dealing with some offensive line injuries, that was another big issue in the system. They were dominated up front by the defensive line, but really just having Burrow in there made all the difference and it seemed like they moved the ball pretty well, especially in uh, some two-minute situations, according to what Ed told us. All right, so so, I mean, oh, go ahead, James. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, Look, if the offensive line is even okay, I think there's a lot of talent on this offense with, with Burrow there to be the guy that spreads the ball around. But obviously, uh, what are we hearing in the battles on the offensive line? I'll return to Burrow in a second. But I know that that's rotating every day, it seems like, especially as they rotate guys in and out because of injuries. Yeah, they're actually pretty set at the tackle spot, at least right now, with Sadiq Charles on the left side and Bedar, and uh, about Dartre, or um, Austin Deculus on the right. Obviously, Lloyd Cushenberry is entrenched as the center and the leader of that group um left guard it was supposed to be kind of a three-way competition but it really seems like by virtue of being the last guy healthy that uh, adrian mcgee's taking that job and run with it he's a guy that's pretty versatile he's played started at both guard and tackle in the last few years um a senior and i think he's he's kind of the guy to beat right now at left guard at least until chasen Hines starts participating a little bit more in practice he's coming back from that knee injury right guard he's been hurt this week, but I, I still think it's Damian Lewis's job. He was so solid from a year ago. But a name, to wa- a couple names to watch there. Um, they have been getting Adar Traor, their third tackle, and Anthony Bradford, a freshman tackle. Both have been taking some reps at guard uh, this week and, and in the scrimmage on Saturday. So those guys will probably be the the next guys in. I think 
Bedard would probably be the next guy in at either position, no matter who it is that went down. But I still think it's uh, Lewis at right Lewis at right guard, and uh, well, now it looks like at least Adrian McGee's the left guard for this team. Well, we found out over the weekend that Cardell Thomas is going to undergo surgery. It might be season ending. That's it's it's a blow and. And look, this is one of the highest recruited guys uh, this last season for LSU, James. Yeah, it's a blow for him and it's a blow for depth. But I'm, I'm not sure he was ready to. You know, they kind of put him in that left guard competition, and I'm sure he was getting a ton of reps with Chase and Hines not playing. But I don't think he was quite ready in terms of technique and footwork and those kind of things to beat out Adrian McGee, and, and certainly not to beat out. Uh, Damian Lewis at right guard. I think obviously it hurts from a depth perspective. He's a he's a quality offensive lineman who probably could have played a bigger role as the season went on. But I don't think it's uh, to the point where it's you know an injury that's going to really hurt this offensive line. The big picture, it's more of a blow to Cardell himself because he's a guy that you know is kind of going to you kind of get your reps as a backup and work your way into a bigger job as time goes on. That's kind of how life is on the offensive line. Uh, to, to miss probably, if not all of this year, most of it is definitely a blow for him and a blow for the depth. But I think it's, I still think they're one or two more injuries away from where they'd have a real problem and where I think you'd start to really downgrade the group as a whole. We still see Christian Fulton missing time. Um, I know his target to return was towards the season, still dealing, dealing with an injury he's kind of dealt with all year long. James, we know anything about his progress? Um. I think he could have scrimmaged on Saturday, and, and that means he probably could have practiced today. But, look, they've, they've been pretty steadfast about this. They're going to give them days off. They're going to give them extra rest. They're going to rest them when they're a little bit banged up. We saw it with Caleb on chase on. We saw it with Grant Delpit. We saw it, we've seen it with Fulton. I just I, – if, if it's the middle of next week and we still haven't seen him practice on a regular basis, then I think it's time to, to start being a little concerned. But – I mean, they got a lot of young guys behind, you know, the, the top three are obviously Fulton, Derek Stingley Jr., who's going to start as a true freshman, and Kerry Vincent, the nickelback, who could probably slide inside in a pinch. Um, behind those guys are a lot of young guys, whether it's Manny Netherly, a converted receiver, or or freshmen like Cordell Flott and, and Radar Jones and, and Jay Ward. I think they just want to get those young guys as many reps as possible because you might need them during the season and frankly, you know what Fulton can do. I don't think you really need him out there at practice if he's anything less than 100% at this point. Of course, LSU is not opening with Texas this year. That's the second game. Is it a different field, James, this year when you don't have you know, a Miami or Wisconsin? Uh, all these teams they've faced in that opening week over the past you know decade and a lot of those years where yeah, you had to get smacked right in the face during that opening week. A little softer landing, a little different feel around camp or not at all? I wouldn't say a, a, maybe a little bit because I think they are being a bit more cautious with their veterans than maybe they were last year. But at the same time, they really didn't have a lot of proven veterans going into camp last season. So it's, it's not really an exact comparison. Um, I'm, I'm sure Ed Orgeron would tell you they're treating it exactly the same, no matter who they're playing <laughs> and would uh, probably get pretty angry if you insinuated otherwise. But uh I, I, mean, I, think, maybe a little bit, but I think really with this veteran team, I think it's more about the personnel and the fact that, you know, the guys that are banged up are, are veteran guys who don't need their reps as much, and that's why you're seeing maybe them give a little bit more time off to guys like uh, Fulton and, and Delpit and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire than they would if, say, if you lost you 
really you didn't know who any of your starters were, and there was a lot of open jobs and open competition. There's really not as many of the top of the world. Uh, what about you, James? Uh, you you got to be. I know you and, you and your buddies over at Tiger Rag and the advocate and everybody who covers this team every day. You got to be ready for this camp to be over and actually do some games, right? It's. It, I, I kind of. I assume it's pretty similar to what that uh, that last week of preseason is in the NFL, where <laughs> you know once the, the the big scrimmages are done, it's there's not really a ton more to talk about, and you're just kind of ready to get going. I, I so I would I would say yeah, it's it's now that week. The season opener in Georgia Southern. This last week of camp, where the scrimmage is more going to be more of a dress rehearsal and helmets than it is a an actual scrimmage where we might hear something about who's standing out and who's not. There's, you know, aside from getting some of those guys back on the offensive line, there's not really a ton more to talk about this one. He's James Moran, editor and columnist at TigerAg.com. Lots to read there every single day on LSU football, all LSU sports. James, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. No problem, guys. Enjoy the rest of your night, man. All right, you too. At Smartest Moran on Twitter. Got to be following him there if you're an LSU fan. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's your phone calls and texts. Line them up. Love to hear from you. What do you think about this LSU team? What do you think about them checking in at number six in that Associated Press Top 25 poll? It's 504-260-1870. That's the phone number, 504-260-1870. And our text line is 870-870. When we come back, I'm also finally going to let you know where Hard Knocks college football style is going to be. I'm so excited for this. I really am. I'm geeked. I am. Seth Dunlap, Logan's here also. It's the last lap on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.